who will be this year's rookie of the year? Who will be the first time all-star? And which rookie will be the biggest disappointment? Find out here from the Locked On NBA Big Board crew. Stay tuned. Shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, and I got my guys in the building today. I got Leaf Tulane, the guy who watches more college basketball than everyone else. And then we got the clip god himself, Richard Stateman, who's known for clipping everything together on YouTube. I am the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And guys, it's been a while since all of us have been on, a, I guess, a round table. And uh, I'm glad that we're, we're, we're all back here. We're missing Sam. But today's episode is is special because the NBA season, well, it officially started yesterday and we have some predictions. So I'll go with you first, Leaf, and then you can answer right after that, Richard. Rookie of the year. Who is your choice for rookie of the year? I'm I'm going with Paolo Bancaro. I know nothing nothing super crazy taking the number one pick. This is a guy that I think has an immediate chance to be a upper level scorer on his team, whereas a few of the other high picks won't be the top commodity on a team. I'm not saying he'll be the lead scorer necessarily for the Magic, but he certainly got a very good chance to be. And I think playing time and opportunity and role all favor him. I, I think Paolo Bancaro, I'd be very confident he's on the all-rookie team. I think he's got the best chance for rookie of the year. And I'd say Keegan Murray would be my second option, but I but I like Bancaro's chances to raise the trophy. Yeah, I'm going with Bancaro too, but I feel like Jaden Ivey might have a really good chance because he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Bancaro's in a situation where, I mean, Orlando has a lot of talent and he's going to get up a lot of shots, but they've put together some really, really weird lineups. And I've seen him playing point guard for some for uh you know a few possessions what about you richard who, who do you think is going to be the best rookie i also have palavon caro i think just like you said the talent next to him is really good but it is a little bit awkward which i think might play to his advantage we saw him run a lot of pick and roll in the preseason something he did not do very much at duke so i think <laughs> yeah. that's going to be an interesting development that's really special for him and you know i, I think a big thing for him is going to impact the game quickly too because Guys are going to get higher assist numbers. Field goal percentage is going to rise across the board. I think that's going to work to his advantage. Keegan Murray is a close second because I see the Kings as a play-in team, but I think Powell is going to inch him out because the stats are going to be better. So with the Kings, like, what do you think their starting lineup is going to be? That is a tough question I was not prepared to answer, but I think it's going to start with Sabonis at the top. Obviously, we get uh, De'Aaron Fox is in there. I think... Is Kevin Herter supposed to start? I don't. I, I want to so. say he's the sixth man, but you got. I think Davion Mitchell is going to start. Um, so that leaves maybe. Oh, and Harrison Barnes has to be there too, and then Keegan Murray. So they have That's good that six guys. That's six. <laughs> yeah, did I really just list six: Fox, Mitchell, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis. Who did I list? So, unless you're saying. Oh Herter. no, no, Herter's six man. Herter's six man. Okay, then there's Monk. 
Yeah, and he'll be he'll be really good off the bench too. I, I like what they did. I like the top seven at least of that roster. But let's talk about Jabari Smith. Is Jabari was, you know, he's a lot of people's favorite to go number one. What type of season do you expect him to have? Like, are your expectations high? Do you think that he's even the best rookie on the Rockets? I, I think there's going to be nights where Jabari Smith is not the best rookie in the Rockets and he won't contribute to winning as immediately as Tari Eason. I think Tari Eason's being older and, and kind of fitting this scrappy defensive DNA um, makes a team win more immediately. I think Jabari Smith is going to have nights where you say, wow, he could have been the number one pick. And I think he'll have a very good chance to be on the all-rookie team. But I think Tari Easton may have a better chance to be on the all-rookie team because I think his game translates more quickly. Jabari Smith may be the better player long-term, but I think in this immediate year, if we're doing a 2023, 2020, uh, sorry, 2022-2023 uh, specific episode, I think I think Tari Easton has a very likely claim to being the better rookie. And, and Richard, I, what are your expectations for, for Jabari? I actually kind of disagree. I think Jabari is going to be steady more than Tari is, but I think in terms of volume, Tari might edge him out more. But I think actually Jabari is going to be the more impactful player of the two. I think Jabari is going to be great, and I think you're going to see Jalen Green get close to five assists a game. I, I think four is a pretty reasonable number. I think he was at three last year, if I'm not mistaken. I have to fact check myself, but I think Jabari Smith is not only going to offer really good defense, especially next to Alperin Shingun, he's going to be a saving grace for him. Um, and then on top of that, he's going to be able to spot up, space the floor, play multiple roles, play within the three-point line, outside the three-point line. I really like what he offers. I actually, I think he's a dark horse somehow to be the rookie of the year for 2023. I think Easton's going to end up being a fan favorite, and there's going to be some pressure on, on the coach to uh, – Silas. Play Easton Silas a lot of minutes because Easton so far, I mean, it's it's preseason, it's been in summer league, but he's a double double machine, and it's it's it doesn't take a lot of minutes for him to get his his double double, and so, um, it, it's one of those things where I would not be surprised if Jabari gets off to a a slow shooting start, and Easton is making hustle plays, getting ten rebounds, that people are going to start to say it's, I think it puts more pressure on Jabari in a sense because he was what 15 spots ahead of Easton and Easton is probably even if they play to a tie I think that's going to put some pressure on him and I think that Easton is is more ready to contribute in multiple ways just because I mean he's a, a, a stat stuffer in, in a sense and so um, I think Jabari can't could possibly get off to a slow shooting start which is very common for rookies and uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting in Houston. It's going to be very interesting in Houston. All right, let's go to the biggest surprise. Which rookie is going to surprise and outperform his draft position? We already talked about Easton as a strong possibility there, but is there anybody else that you think can outperform where they were drafted? I'll, I'll start with this. I actually think um, somebody on like Marjan Bochamp is somebody who's going to have a really good rookie year. I have him as an all-rookie guy just because he he was so good on defense in the preseason. And I think it translates up. It was against starters. And uh, I really like what he brings to the table year one. It, in the 24th pick, I think if you're getting a rotation player on a title contending team, that's a that's a big win. Do you think he gets rotation minutes? I mean, when Middleton comes back, I think it's going to be tough for him to see time without when, when Middleton is back and when they're healthy. And then I think Milwaukee, as we get closer to the end of the season, is going to be a team that ends up 
getting some impactful guy in a buyout. So I have yeah. a hard time seeing seeing him like really have a, a a major impact at the end of the year. Well, I think I think the beginning of the year is going to be helpful for him because also Pat Connaughton's out, so they're missing two wing rotation players right there. So I think he yep. steps up at the least while for Connaughton's spot, not necessarily Middleton, but I, I'm optimistic he fills in that role really nicely. Who's going to be your big surprise, Lee? I, I think Eason would be the guy that I think most outperforms. My big surprise, though, I think there's a very good chance for guys on bad teams to to get a ton of run. And so that's the way I, I'd mm-hmm. say that those type of players are going to outperform their expectations. I like I like Blake Wesley an awful lot. I, I was very high on him pre-draft. Um, had him number 11 on my board. He went 25th. I think he's going to have tons of opportunities to show what he's made of. He's going to have some growing pains. Shooting may not be beautiful for uh, rookies, as you mentioned. And another guy I had very high that slipped was Jaden Hardy. I think there's going to be an opportunity for him to play alongside the best playmaker in the NBA and Luka Doncic. And, uh, and he could, he could have some instant impact that very few would project with the 37th pick on a team that just made the conference finals. Yeah. I have a, a lot more questions for you guys, but before we get into that, I want to talk to the audience about prize picks. So you may wonder what is prize picks and prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It is just you versus the projections available. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, which includes NBA, NFL, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, even esports. They have NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing. You you get it. Even Eurobasket. So Eurobasketball, which is which is big for me. Entries can be made sixty seconds or less. It is that easy. It is safe and there are fast withdrawals and it is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks would give you $100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. So do not forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for the instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Once again, you're listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow. I got Leaf Tulane and Richard Stamen here. We're just doing a little round table about some of their predictions for the 2023 NBA season. And of course, a lot of it is going to be centered on the rookies because we spent literally like nine months dissecting their every move and covered them for the draft. And now let's talk about the biggest disappointment. Who is the guy that you think is going to be the biggest disappointment in the 2022 NBA draft class? Okay. I, I think that for those of you who've listened to us in our roundtables before, this won't be too much of a surprise. I think Johnny Davis, who went number 10, um, is going to have a hard time scoring in the NBA. And that was what his best attribute was and the way he scored was a la DeMar DeRozan, and DeRozan's basically one of one in the NBA at that size. Durant, I don't count in the mid-range conversation because he's just, he is one of one. And uh, I think Johnny Davis is going to really have to embrace the role of of three and D, shooting corner threes, rebounding, and embrace that role. And I think you saw in the preseason, uh, or excuse me, the summer league, he really struggled against NBA caliber athletes to use his size and elevate and score in in that facet. So I think he's going to have a rough transition into playing this role-playing role while trying to still be aggressive and do what the expectation is for a top-ten pick. Yeah, man, Johnny Davis got off to a 
I mean, he's had a bad summer and preseason. And these numbers I saw, and I and please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm hoping I got some bad data, but is it 2.5 points per game on two for 21 shooting in 19 minutes? Are those scored, numbers true? He scored 10 points across four games. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that before that. I, I mean, I saw him and I was like, no, nah, this can't be true. I, this <laughs> it's a, Somebody made a huge mistake. But yeah, his, his first two games, he was all of 12. Two for 21. Yikes. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the slam dunk. Like, that's the obvious pick. If I, I'm not just going to repeat that. Like, obviously, that I, I think that was like somebody who I, I wasn't. I was high on him, but also wasn't like. I, I think the other one for me this year that's going to be I don't know if it's disappointing I just don't know if he's going to be eighth pick good is uh Dyson Daniels I really don't know what his role is on this team I I just feel like he kind of it's not his fault I just where does he fit yeah he's in a weird situation um but I I will say that the the Pelicans have done a good job with their G League team as far as like developing guys and I imagine him spending a lot of time in in Birmingham but yeah for a guy that was a top 10 pick you can't say like there's a role for him but it's like you said it's not his fault he, he went to a team that has high expectations you normally don't see guys drafted that high going to a team that um is expected to be really really competitive but yeah i mean unless there's a situation where um graham is out uh, Devonte graham is, is out or or, or cj or, or one of their guards i, I really don't see like a direct path for him to even play 10 to 15 minutes per game. His best hope is if Herb gets hurt, like it's literally a saving grace, which is kind of messed up to to think, but that's his only path. Yeah. Cause I mean, but even then you, you got to figure Alvarado is going to play. You got to figure Graham CJ. So that's three Trey Murphy, um, Trey Murphy. Who's <laughs> they got to develop Kyra Lewis too. Like he's, I mean, he's irrelevant, but he's also kind of in the mix because he's in year three. He's, and he's so young. Here. He's yeah. so young. He's still probably like 20, 21, maybe. But you have to figure like they probably if they drafted a point guard, they, they might have moved on from, from Lewis. So which is kind of crazy because he's so young. Any anybody else that you feel like could have a disappointing rookie or, or even if somebody that you feel like may have a really difficult time adjusting. All right, let's talk about AJ yeah. Griffin. Do, do you see him finding a path to consistent minutes in Atlanta? It's going to be hard. Um, I think he's going to have to battle Jalen Johnson, and Jalen Johnson's already on the edge of the rotation. Obviously, they're kind of different roles. Like AJ Griffin's going to be literally just a spot up shooter, but it's going to be tough. I I think I think he's going to be irrelevant for one half of the season, and I'm just not sure which half. Yeah, I don't see where he plays. I mean, because you got to figure you got Trey, you got Murray, you got Bogdan, you have uh, Hunter just signed. So, I mean, that's four, (laughs) you know, that that's four wings and and ball handlers right there. And then after that, I mean, he's like the fifth guy in their backcourt rotation. And then I think one of the um, aren't the um, 
the holidays are there. I think I think he's got a chance to get run in in just in this strict fashion. Is that they're going to have games where they're going to try to play younger players, and he's going to shoot well. Like I, I really buy his shooting. I thought he was the best shooter in this entire draft. And I think they're going to they're going to be games where they're like, okay, well we can develop him, and now we play him with Trey Young just just in a stint, and he sh- and he shoots well. And that's, I guess it's an if like if he shoots well in those stints, there's a chance he works his way onto the fringe of the rotation and plays a little bit. But when you're drafted 16th to a team that wants to contend and made a win now moving to getting DeJounte Murray an all-star caliber guard, I don't hold you to the same expectation I do necessarily in like the the win now aspect of the Wizards for Johnny Davis, where where you get there's a there's a lesser quality of players ahead of him. Um, whereas AJ Griffin's got two all-stars on the backboard ahead of him. Bogdan Bogdanovich has been there, done that. There's I just feel like his path is a little more circuitous to minutes, but I think there's a way that he can do it, and it's it's more clear because I really do believe he'll shoot the ball that well. See, I don't think Atlanta's going to really play their young guys like that. I mean, the East is so tough and it's so competitive. If you get off to a slow start, you can be in trouble. I mean, Atlanta was a team that went to the conference finals the year before, and then last year they had to get into the play-in. So I think there's a lot of pressure on them this year, especially with the move that they made for Murray and the money that they just shelled out for – for Hunter, they they're spending a lot of money. <laughs> so I imagine that rookie is probably going to have I mean, he's probably not going to see much time there. And I wouldn't even be surprised, honestly, if they use it as like a developmental year in a sense where it's like, hey, get your body right. We're going to make sure that you're 100 percent healthy. You, you play some here. You'll be with the what are they called? The Skyhawks. And it, it's kind of crazy because this is a guy that we thought was going to be a top five pick at one point. And now we're talking about him, especially if there hasn't been any red flags about injuries, talking about a guy that's going to be outside of the rotation as a rookie. Injuries are inevitable though. So, I mean, I think, I think he's going to pop up in the rotation. Like somebody's going to get hurt. Like it's, it's really hard to have an entire rotation stay healthy, especially on wings too. I think that's, it's going to be one of those things. This is where so many of these rookies where it's like one injury, they're the, it's good insurance, right? Like I'd say almost all of these rookies are high level insurance for this draft or for the, for their rotation from this draft. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as fans, we kind of, you know, we do so much work like evaluating these rookies and we want to actually like see them play. But then in reality, you know, there's some guys that are going to really struggle, struggle for minutes. And that leads to my next question. Which rookie do you feel is this year's Josh Primo or maybe even James Booknight? Guys that were selected high. We'll, we'll just go with the lottery that are outside of we talked about Dyson Daniels that are probably going to be in the G League. Yeah, Dyson's my pick. Yeah, I think I think Dyson's the safest. I think there's a world where uh, where a guy like AJ's in there. I think Ochag Baji's got an outside case because he was traded um, to the Jazz, and I think there's going to be times where he's going to get lots of run in the NBA if there's an injury to one of the guards or should they make a trade, which I think is very possible, maybe even likely, to one of their their guards ahead of him. Um, but I think there's going to be times where they try to develop him into a more featured player, and the way to do that is put him onto the Salt Lake Stars. So I think there's a possibility for Ogbaji who came in at the tail end of the lottery um, to be in that boat as well. His agent would have to be furious if he's selected in the lottery and he's outside of the rotation on the team that is clearly in, in rebuilding mode. I mean, that just really devalues his, his position. Ushman Jang, what are your expectations for Jang? 
I personally, I'm, I'm expecting good things. I mean, he's good on defense. His shot has looked really clean. I mean, it's quick. He gets it off over defenses. I think he's going to have a lot of different roles on this. Uh, I don't want to say the T word, but this Oklahoma city team that is trying different things to accomplish unconventional results. <laughs> uh, I would say, I'm not going to say the T word, but uh, I think he's going to benefit a lot from that because his whole archetype was he can do almost anything on the court. Let him run some point, let him be spot up, let him be first option, defend the first option. That's three different major hats to wear. And I think he's going to thrive at most of not all of those things. All right. When we return, I have a few more questions for for the guys, maybe a little bit of rapid fire questions. But I want to thank each and every person for making Locked on NBA Big Boy your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, game to game, every moment, every type of performance. Every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA and it's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Who is going to lead all rookies in scoring? Ben Caro, I think. Yeah, I, I think, think he's got Powell. the most direct role. Yeah, Powell, going to- I mean, we got him rookie of the year. All right, so who's going to lead the rookies in rebounding? Jalen Duran. That's a good one because I think he will average double digits um, rebounds. I'll go with Mark Williams because that center rotation is not strong. I might even go with Tari Eason. Tari. Wow, <laughs> I, thought, I thought about it. I, I thought about it. Yeah, I mean, his rebounds per minute is, is, is crazy. All right, who leads all rookies in assists? Ooh. I'm going to, you know, I got a bold one. Uh, it's the obvious is Jaden Ivey, right? I'll, Because I'll, he's splitting so many touches with Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bey has more off-ball role every game from last year. I'm going to go with somebody a little bit different. I'm going to say Jeremy Sohan because that vehicle for military, again, I'm not going to say the T word on, on this far out. That That is Oh, rolling. we can say it. it is, I, was, I was in Las rolling. Vegas. That tank is rolling hard. I mean, I mean, I think they're going to get, they're going to let Jeremy play a lot of point guard. I think you're going to see a surprise amount of volume for him on passing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I was in Vegas and that was the <laughs> word. Paul Pop's idea or uh, his, his uh, words. Don't bet on that team. <laughs> I mean, everybody was talking about tanking and I mean, and it's, you know, it's been discussed at length since the school and, and when Yama showcase, but we're going to see some very, very crazy lineups. Usually we may see them in like March. We may start seeing some crazy lineups in like December. So Sohan at the point, <laughs> it's going to be something that I don't think is like outside the box. Like I said, I mean, as far as I think, even if they played their hardest, they just do not have enough talent. And, um, you know, you look at like Blake Wesley, for example, I think he's going to play a lot of minutes at the point. I like Blake a lot, spent time with him in Vegas. Those shooting splits are going to be disgusting is is my prediction. Just because, I mean, it's, it's I mean, I just think all of those guys are going to have some really ugly shooting splits unless they kind of make up for it and like blowouts and, and they score some garbage points at the end of games that kind of help their fantasy stats a little bit. But it's going to be some I mean, ugly basketball. They're, they're going to be doing what they're worst at the most a lot of a lot of the game. So, like, yeah, their, their volume is going to be their volume and production and just stats are going to be horrible. Yeah. All right, Leaf. 
I, I got I got two options. I think both are outside the box. I think Paolo Bancaro's got a route to doing it for the similar situation to way what Richard said about Sohan, but I think he'll have the ball and be the featured scorer. So that means there's attention drawn. He'll get some lobs to Wendell Carter Jr., some design pick and roll. Um, I think he'd be my pick. I, I think there's an outside the box chance that Jalen Williams gets some if they run they run him at the point in type in those type of games that are blowouts because Josh Gideon, Shea Gillis, Alexander would would take those reps and Trey Mann too. But I think there's going to be a world where he he gets the ball more than we anticipate as him being more of a slasher like we saw in the in the uh, limited action in the Salt Lake Summer League where he absolutely dominated in that slasher role. But uh, I'd go Bancaro and then just a kind of a curveball pick of Jalen Williams the the Santa Clara product, just to specify. Yeah. All right. Who has more blocks? Walker Kessler, Jalen Duran, or Mark Williams? Total per or per game? Yeah. Just, yeah, uh, per game. Duran. I got Duran. I, I don't think Walker Kessler is going to play enough minutes early enough. Um, yeah. And so maybe by the end, uh, he's impressed me. I, and I've been up close. I've seen him play. And I think he's lighter. He's he's lost some weight in his uh, in his lower body, and he, I think he's thicker up top. And and he's he's sliding his feet well. His recovery speed was always something that was impressive in terms of the timing uh, from behind, blocking shots when he's beaten. And I think with the Jazz, prioritize rim protection at the utmost levels. Eat and go bear, Andre Kirilenko even. And I think that they're going to prioritize what he can bring to the table. And I think there's a pathway for him to play but right now he's behind three centers and and like they don't say it this way but marketing's playing the three um the four right now is kelly olenic and the five is jared vanderbilt and i, th- I don't think all of those stay the entire year and then there's udoka Azabuki, and your then there's a couple player your, your, your favorite player don't, don't even get me started on Azabuki, man I, I it just hurts me like Jaden daniels and gobert are going to play together and by the time people listen to this and i'm going to say this could have happened for two years and the jazz would still have donovan mitchell and rudy gobert so who's the who's the other center like that's ahead of him? Because I I have him as like a dark horse for first team all rookie. I think they're playing Vanderbilt at the five. Wow. That's what they've done in the four preseason games, and the, I actually really like it. Yeah, I gotta I gotta watch some Jazz games. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt guarding Embiid and Jokic is just definitely a way to help you get Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> You can you can put <laughs> Kelly the clinic Olenek in there and throw his body around. Oh my goodness, this is gonna be some weird. I mean, you might even see Vanderbilt playing some one because you know when he was in high school, he was known as he like a point guard. Yeah, this versatile guy that can play multiple positions. Some people were comparing him to like a, a Lamar Odom type. So that's gonna be very very interesting. All right, um, the next question is who who will be out of? I mean, this is not. I don't think anybody from this draft would be an all-star, but who will be a first-time all-star from the 2020 NBA draft class? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards as the best possibility. Yeah, I mean, Ant is going to be a contender for most improved. I think it's safely him. I, I really don't know who else. It Tyrese? Would be. Maybe Tyrese Maxey's probably the second best bet. Maybe I'm missing somebody, but or actually, yeah, I, I think it's him because you have to factor in the team. I'm thinking, uh, I'm looking through it to see if there's anyone that's got a chance. I think Maxie's got the best chance. I think uh, Desmond Bain, you could toss in oh, there, but I think the guards oh are too are too crowded yes. in the in the West for that. But I, but I think 
there, there, that was probably my third option. All right. Yeah, any, su- my pick. any surprise rookies or I'm sorry, anybody else that you think that has been within the last four drafts that will be a first time all-star. Like I would have never thought Darius Garland was going to be an all-star. I mean, you could have bet me a hundred thousand dollars and I was sitting no, he's not going to make the all-star team. Any surprise young players that you think can make their first all-star appearance this year? Hmm. Jordan Poole. Think so. He, it's, it's weird. It's like, a tough one because he, you he have like be four a, all-stars, but he could be a fan favorite now because everybody kind of sees him as like the victim and people hey, hate Draymond. <laughs> Wiggins made it last year. Yeah. Like that way, all I'm saying is they might do it again with Jordan Poole. That make, that makes a lot of sense. That makes I don't sense. Have, I don't have anyone better than that. I think I think that's the only one that that you can really point to that's got a opportunity and the fans, especially like that they'll get behind that cause for pool. And obviously I think his volume's gonna go up this year too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they paid him $140 million. So <laughs> his volume has to go up. Well, thank you guys for this episode. First day of NBA season under under. I mean, it's it's a wrap. The first day is done. And now we have 82 more games and we have a lot of college basketball coming up within the next few weeks. Well, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big World Podcast your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, the NBA season is here. We just talked about that and our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the floor all season long. All the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It is available on YouTube odyssey and wherever you get your podcast once again i'm rafael barlow with leaf tulane and richard stamen and we are out